Welcome to this edition of Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by Livewire Markets. In this weekly show, you'll catch two fund managers who'll share their views on a selection of listed companies, both here and overseas. Hit the subscribe button on your podcast player to be notified of new episodes each week. And don't forget that all the views expressed are general in nature and you should seek your own advice before making any decisions of your own. That's all from me. Sit back, relax and enjoy the latest edition of Buy, Hold, Sell. Hello and welcome to this episode of Buy, Hold, Sell. I'm your host, David Thornton. We're on the hunt for companies that are all weather and can generate return all through the cycle. Today, we're also going to talk about some names that just don't stack up anymore. For that, we're joined by Nikki Thomas from Magellan and Adam Chandler from Claremont Global. Welcome on, guys. Thanks. Thank you. All right, let's dive right in at the luxury end of town. We're talking LVMH, uh, owner of brands such as Louis Vuitton, Bulgari, Fendi, Adam, we'll start with you. Is it a buy, hold or a sell? Well, it's a hold for us. Um, We did have it in the portfolio earlier in the year and we used some of the price strength as an opportunity um, to let that one go. Um, Still big admirers of the company. Um, Just the brands that they have there and that brand heritage is very hard to replicate. It's just irreplaceable. Um, Some of those brands date back to the 18th century. Um, so we really, we do like the company, but from a valuation perspective, you know, it, it was more stretched. Um, I do note that the share price has come off since then. Nikki, the stock's only up about 7% this year, but a lot of analysts do like it. Is it a buy, hold or a sell? Yeah, so I, I guess taking that longer term view, I'm a buy on, on the stock around these levels. The market right now, and, and you know, as you mentioned, the share price uh, hasn't done as well very recently. Um, market's concerned about slowing consumer discretionary spend. We're seeing some signs of that, you know, recessionary risks are around, definitely in China and Europe and places like that. We've had this big revenge travel thing, which is kind of maybe slowing back from really ridiculous levels. And LVMH also has a, a exposure to the wealthy Chinese. So people are nervous about that exposure as well. So I, I actually think if you think about what this business can generate over the next three years and the positioning that it has, the opportunity it has in Dior and Tiffany, which are brands it's revitalising and the incredible strength this business has through its really diverse group of maisons, uh, that you know, this is this is a wonderful stock to own for the long term, and these sort of cyclical slowdowns, these concern about consumer spending, it's when you get those opportunities to buy a business like this. We'll switch gears now from luxury to fast food, Chipotle Mexican Grill. Uh, it's growing quickly. Nikki, is it a buy, hold, or a sell? So I think in the near term, it's a hold, uh, just because the stock's re-rated a lot in the last six months or so, and. I'm really bullish about this stock over the next three years, but it's probably a lot of it's reflected in the price just very short term. This is a business that is, it's basically running really healthy Mexican food restaurants in the US. It has about 3,000 stores and potentially has at least 7,000 and that's still half the number of McDonald's in the US. So we're not talking excessive build. It's going to roll out space at 8 to 10% per annum. We think that number will accelerate towards 10 as we go into next year and some of the difficulties of opening stores will go away as we get further away from COVID. So we think this is actually an accelerating story. Um, but you know, right now it's, it's, you know, it's had a good run in the short term. Adam, it's done about 40% this year. Is it a buy, hold or a sell? Yeah, it's a hold for us as well, just based on price at this point in time. I mean, we really like Chipotle. 
you take a step back and think about some of those um, quick serve restaurants and restaurant chains, a lot of them have that franchiser-franchisee relationship and that can create quite a lot of friction. One of the things we really like about Chipotle is that they own their own stores um, and so they have more control. Um, that's clearly worked for them best in class in terms of um, restaurant margins and growth, same store sales, as well as the rollout that Mickey was talking about. Um, so like it for all those reasons. And when you speak with management, if you're a room with um, Brian Nickel and, and Jack Hartung, they're very operationally focused and they're talking about throughput. They're not talking about you know, financial engineering. They're not talking about you know, basically selling off company restaurants and, and buying back shares. Um, so for all those reasons, really like it. It's a great story, but just a bit too pricey for us at the moment. Okay, we're going to move on to the mother of all tech names, that is Alphabet, uh, of course the parent company of Google. Adam, is it a buy, hold or a sell? Uh, buy for us, that's an easy one. <laughs> it's interesting when we go back sort of six months, a little bit longer and all the clouds that were around um, Alphabet and in particular Google um, search and concerns about what Microsoft might do to them. Um, and as we've moved through time, we've seen that Alphabet still got the tech, they've got all the AI sitting there, they've just been more conservative rolling it out. Um, they've still got the data and the consumer habits are still the same. So that core search business, really, really strong, remains so. Incredible moat, 90% market share for all the noise Microsoft have made about search. They haven't made you know, much progress in chipping away at that at this stage. I think one of the other things that we find really encouraging about Alphabet at the moment is the margin story. So last year it was a little bit disappointing with the margins. More recently, they seem to have got religion on cost. And so we're seeing you know, cost actions being taken and some of their real estate footprint being rationalised. And obviously there's been some layoffs as well, which we never like to see. Um, but just a different tone coming out of Google, which has been um, really positive from a shareholder perspective in terms of what's happening with margins. And then also from a mix perspective, that cloud business is now profitable. And so as that continues to grow, we expect to see margins expand. That'll be a nice tailwind for the business as well for all those reasons, bye. Nikki, it's certainly ridden investor sentiment um, around AI. Is it a buy, hold or a sell for you? Uh, it's a buy, uh, similar reasons. They uh, had a tough year in 2022. Uh, they went out after costs. It's not been as aggressive as Meta, but I would say still there's a cost out story led by Ruth who's not just CFO now, is, is taking on an additional role and I really think she's a fantastic executive in that business. So I'm really excited by the fact that she's expanding her role. Uh, but those costs out will really drive very strong numbers through 2024 and so it makes the stock look pretty interesting. I do think the longer term story around how search may evolve with generative AI is one we're going to all have to watch carefully. There's a real dependence in that business on its search franchise. It's really where it makes all its money. Uh, and we don't know where that's going to go long term as Gen AI really comes home to roost. So, so one to watch. It looks well positioned, but we'll, I think we just need to keep an eye on that as we get a little bit further down the track. This week, uh, we asked our guests to bring along a stock that does not make the cut. Uh, Nikki, what have you got for us? So I, um, it's a, for me, it feels a bit controversial, but I've brought Eli Lilly. So Eli Lilly is one of the two companies have, who, have, who have brought to these big weight loss obesity drugs to market. And they're now going through clinical trials around the utilisation of these, how they could expand use cases to solve other chronic diseases. 
Um, and to be honest, when you think about the level of obesity and, and morbid obesity, horrible term, but it's a technical term, uh, and overweight people in the US, the patient population for these drugs is just in the US alone, about 150 million people. Big market. Uh, so, we, so the market's really excited about the size of this TAM and the possibility of these drugs. And there's really, Eli Lilly and Novo, Novo Nordisk are the two that are kind of out in front on this. Uh, and I, I kind of agree with that. I think there's an amazing opportunity here, but at the same time, I just think the market's got a little bit overheated on the stock. There's lots they've got to prove. There's lots of clinical trials to get through. There's, it's science risks, so other drugs could come. You could get an adverse event suddenly appearing that people are like, oh, these people actually get really sick. So, uh, you know, we just don't, we, I don't think we're far enough through this to be paying what the market's paying for it at the moment. So, so I'm kind of a sell on Eli Lilly, just risk rather than that I'm missing that there's a big story here. Do you have, do you have a similar thesis on Novo Nordisk, the main competitor? Um, it's probably not as aggressively priced, but we probably don't like Norvo more because it's a little bit more narrow in its um, science risk. So you're really leaning on one drug. Eli Lilly is a broader um, opportunity set, plays a bit broader. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's not one we're looking closely at at the moment. Adam, what stock does not make the cut for you guys? Well, we're big admirers of it, um, Hermes which is really in very rarefied air when we think about luxury goods companies. And one of the questions that we always have, and we have it with uh, Louis Vuitton as well, is when we're thinking about supply and maximising revenue, which is, you know, finance people, we all like to hear, um, it's getting that balance with exclusivity and scarcity. I think what Hermes have been able to do very well over time is, is strike an amazing balance. When you think about so I'm buying a handbag for $20,000 and having to wait a year to be able to do that. You're doing something incredibly well with a brand to achieve that um, and their ability to just manage supply. But it is very expensive and so that's where we take a step back. Once again, still big admirers of the company, but just uh, a little bit pricey, the bags and the stock at the moment. Well, that's all we have time for today. If you enjoyed the episode, please give it a like and don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel we're adding more content like that every week. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by Livewire Markets, Australia's number one source of expert investment analysis and insights. Register for free online at livewiremarkets.com and you'll discover more exclusive investing articles, videos and podcasts.